one surround by sound. Yes, they all got red when I showed them go around. I'm talking shit they don't like. Riding marble bikes. I might just break them off when I come to a height. I'm talking shoes by Harachi. Shirts by Versace. Hoes, they gon' watch it, but they all want to Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 12 of the Splashcast. I'm your co-host, Reggie. I'm your co-host, Norwood. Hey, Reg, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into mm-hmm. it. Man. So, as you know, the Hawks are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, we are playing against the Milwaukee Bucks and the Greek Creek Giannis. I'm not even going to attempt to say his last name, but Giannis. And uh quick series update. If you remember last time, Reggie predicted that the Hawks would come back home up to nothing. And we won game one. But we did not win game two. So was I right? No. Norwood, what are your highs and lows of the first two games, man? First thing I want everybody to do is relax. Mm-hmm. We are okay. We have gotten punched in the mouth in literally every game two of the playoffs. We're okay. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen so far, it looks like that's Nate's strategy is to punch, you know, kind of take one on the nose and then counter. So mm-hmm. there's no no need, you know, to get excited. The house is not on fire. This is very normal for what we clearly are trying to do. Um, we come on home. We did what we needed to do was steal one on the road. And I think that uh I think that we're okay. Now the highs and lows. Um, game one is a high. We look like a mm-hmm. team that could compete with the number one team in the Eastern Conference. We beat the oh, number one team in the Eastern yes. Conference. This is number three team. Yeah, I mean, well, out of the teams left, they will oh, be yeah, 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 the number yeah. one team. And we mm-hmm. didn't look like we didn't belong there at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, You know, because sometimes you kind of beat a team and you look really lucky and things are just going your way. We weren't playing world beater basketball. We were playing our basketball with the hop with bogey and still won. Yep. Um, I wish that the referees would stop cheating us and giving Giannis 50 <laughs> seconds to call, <laughs> I mean, to shoot a free throw. Like, we're already the underdog. The least thing, you know, the thing that we can't do is beat the refs and beat the Bucks at the same time. So I, mm-hmm, I would appreciate mm-hmm. if you guys weren't would stop cheating. Um, yesterday... <laughs> Yesterday was disappointing because typically mm-hmm. we fight a little bit harder. And mm-hmm. nine turnovers from Trey, you know that's unacceptable. Like, I'm not going to harp on it because he – mostly since Nate has been here, we don't have a turnover problem. And that's legitimately kind of what won us the game last time was we just got more possessions. This time we get – we you know, you turn the ball over nine times, and as a team we turn it over 17 times. That's – too many possessions you're giving to the other team. That's how you get whooped. And we, in fact, got whooped. But the good thing is, whether you win, whether you lose by one or you lose by 40, it's only one loss. Come on back to Atlanta. No more playing GA. Yep. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. The, the highs that I'll say is definitely game one. And the way that not only Trey performed, but the way that the bench performed. Um, yes, yes, Bogey is hurt. But the fact that he's out there, before I go any further, I got to issue an apology to Bogey because um, I was I was killing Bogey for the last like three or four rude, games. Rude and inconsiderate. <laughs> but I didn't know to the extent of his injury. And he is he is dragging that leg up and down down the court. But he's out there. And he's trying. He's getting whooped a little bit, but he's trying. But um, 
the highs, of course, game one, we won. And the fact that we won without shooting well was a high for me. We we just played, like you said, we played Hawks basketball, but we weren't shooting well. And of course, Trey had that 48 point explosion, but John Collins had 26 and 15, 23 and 15. Uh, Clint Capella had 19 rebounds and the go ahead offensive rebound with the uh, with the put back. And our defense really, really was good when it mattered. We didn't play great defense the whole game, but it was really good when it mattered. And then game two happened. And the one thing that you have when you have a great shooter and someone who is supremely confident as Trey Young is he will shoot you in the game and he will shoot you out the game. The literal, I like gift, it. The literal gift and curse. Yeah, man. I liken it to like having a gunslinger quarterback who thinks he can make all of the throws and then throws interception. Yeah. He's just like Brett Favre, right? So Trey has not been shooting well. As a team, we're only shooting 25% from three, right? So Brochious. we're not we're, – we're shooting terribly from three, but we're shooting 45, almost 50% from two. So what I don't understand and what I can't figure out is why are we up chucking threes? And Trey was really chucking last game. Uh, it almost is like he kind of gave up and was just like, I'm just going to find my shot for game three. And I I think that was a low. That was the biggest low for me is that we just didn't have any fight. I mean, the bench came in, Gallo was playing, but everybody else, Okongwu played well, but everybody else, man, you kind of just gave up. Did get to see Cam Reddish. So that's awesome. But uh, a Cam sighting is always good. But for me, it's kind of frustrating because like if Trey doesn't have it and okay, right now he's the number one. But if he doesn't have it, go to your number two. That's the most frustrating part is, like, I don't I don't know what John Collins did where they just won't allow him to shoot 20 times in any games. But it's mind-boggling to me. Let me find my template. And it's like, even last night, he didn't shoot poorly. He shot five and nine. Like He only got nine shots, though. Why? It, it, I don't understand it. And at that point, you're already getting whooped. Go ahead and let him at least, you know, if Trey don't got it, like, we can't live and die by Trey shooting. Like, right. that's just not feasible. Eventually, people are going to be like, oh, let's just guard Trey, and then he's going to keep shooting. That's not mm-hmm. how it works. Eventually, you got to give the ball to somebody else. And Herder ain't really have it. Bogey is dragging his leg around the best he can. Like damn, like what did what did John Collins do where y'all refused to let him shoot 15, 20 shots in any game? Like he shot great last game with 11 to 15, 23 points and 15 rebounds. And it's like, nah, we still don't believe it. Well, you also got to give some credit to the Bucks defense. They coach Bud did make a adjustment. They put Giannis uh on Trey. And they put Drew Holiday on John. So when they did the pick and roll, Giannis was switched to Trey. Giannis was switched to John, and Drew Holiday was switched to Trey. Hey, hey, Reggie. Hey, Reggie. Now, me and you, we're pretty smart, right? Between the two of us. Mm-hmm. So if you know that they're prepare preparing for the pick and roll, and they're going to put Giannis on Trey and Drew Holiday on John Collins, don't run the pick and roll. Just throw the ball to John Collins. Let him beat Drew Holiday. If he yeah. can't, if he can't, 
then that's a John Collins problem. But I don't know what data you have that supports that he can't. Yeah, you got to give him the opportunity. And the one one of the things that's that's really hindering us, and it, like I said, I apologized to her earlier, but normally when you take away Trey and John Collins, or you try to take away Trey and John Collins, is where bogey normally goes off. That's that's where what makes us almost indefensible when we're hitting. But bogey just has no lift on his shot. I mean, none. Everything is short. And you can tell that the knee is bothering him. So Herder, we, Herder has to be a better secondary creator too. Like it's mandatory. Like, yeah, you yeah, gotta you can't keep be backing able, the ball out. Yeah. Can't keep you gotta go on in, bro. I don't know if somebody needs to send you another email, text message, you're still six seven. Just get to the basket, shoot some free throws. And and if that's what they want to do, if they want to put Giannis on Trey, then put Trey in the corner and Hawks whoop their ass. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah, you, you may have to play Onyeko Okongu a little bit more too. Uh if Capella if Capella because Capella doesn't do anything outside of rebound offensively. So if that's gonna be the case, you gotta get Brooke Lopez out of the paint. What has happened to Clint Capella's offense? I don't think he really ever had offense. But he still was getting you ten. He was give, he's fifteen and fifteen all season. Yeah, but he's also exerting more energy on the defensive end. He's guarding Giannis, so fair. You know, I, I get I give Clint a pass. That's fair. But, um, but he, still, he was one of five, <laughs> bro. And, a lot of bunnies, and you're like you're one of five, and you're not shooting shots outside of the paint. Nope, you can't shoot twenty percent in the paint. Yeah. Because Brooke Lopez is, I mean, he is a big body, but he's not the greatest rim protector, right? Slow. Yeah, he's really slow. So you you got to beat him with quickness. And Clint, you got to play tall. Like, Clint plays bent down. You can't play bent down like that, Clint. You got to play tall. So um, moving forward, if you noticed in game two, Giannis sped up his free throw process. In game one, the Hawks definitely complained about it. The league saw two instances in the last two minutes of game one where he's took way more than 10 seconds. I think he took 12 or 14 seconds to shoot a free throw after he got the ball, right? So if you notice, Giannis sped up his free throw shooting uh, in game two. So, and it was mixed reviews. I mean, he didn't shoot, he didn't shoot great from the free throw line, but they were killing us on the offensive boards. So uh, with that being said, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a little caveat in there. Norwood. What is what are the keys to getting back on track for Game Three? What do you think we should do? Um, number one, we can't continue to play the Bucks and the refs. Stop cheating. Number two, <laughs> and we please and I know if you listen to the Splashcast on a regular basis, you're probably tired of me saying this, but damn, can we get a good shooting? Like, can we shoot decent for the rest of the series? Like yeah. we are basically the Ben Simmons of of teams right now, just not being <laughs> shot. Um, missing a lot of open shots, man. Like bricks, yep. off white bricks. Yeah. So I'm gonna echo that sentiment. Sentiment too, man. We we got to shoot better, and I'm gonna place this on Trey. Trey, you can't have eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve turnovers. You can't you can't do that in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's we had this ball. We played so sloppy. I, the frustrating part was like we missed lobs. Kevin Werder, you got to get better at recognizing if you're going to be the primary ball handler, Werder, 
because they're taking away trade. You got to see the live. We missed Capella a couple times. We missed John all night. Uh, and we were we made the late passes and it made the Bucks look like they were playing great defense. But anybody could have played defense when you make the pass late. So I think we got to play better. De- we got to make better decisions and we got to shoot better. And I'm not even really upset about the defense, to be honest. I'm yeah, I'm not super mad about it. Now, one thing that we have to stop doing, and I've seen this all season, Kevin Herter, while he's a good passer in the game, he does not need to inbound the ball anymore. That is not his strong suit. It, we've missed oops to John Collins. We've, you know, just turned the ball over. Like for whatever reason, you know, that's something we practice in the offseason, him inbounding the ball. But right now, hey, mm-mm, anybody else, literally anybody <laughs> else. Yeah, yeah. So we, we touched on it earlier with Bogey's hurt knee, and we talked about Cam Reddish being back. Do you give Cam a little bit more minutes now? That I mean, he's totally off the injury report now. Do you play him more? He came in at the end of the game to get a field, came in the third quarter, and then he played a lot at the end of the game when the game was out of reach. Do you play him more? Do you give him some of Bogey's minutes? It depends on what we look like. Like so you know what Bogey looked like hurt. He ain't but, there. But defensively in that first game, he really didn't play super bad. No, no. It was gutsy. Yeah. So, but as it, he's probably like in B, where it's probably not gonna get any better as the series progresses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if he if he's there and he's playing the defense that he played in game one, then sure. You let him mm-hmm. rock and kind of hide him and do what you can. In the event that it's progressively getting worse, well, you got to know what you're going to do with Cam anyway here soon. So you might as well see what you got out of him. And you don't really you don't really have any other options other than, you know, I will play Cam first because mm-hmm. you have a pick and money invested in him. If that doesn't work, you can always just do like we did in the regular season when he gets unplayable and puts Solomon Hill in. So, yeah, Let's, solo man, he was he was a bright spot. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Uh also because when Cam okay. is good, he's definitely 100 percent better than solo. But when he's unplayable, get him out of there. Well, yeah, yeah. So and and like I said before, man, we another adjustment we need to make to me is we gotta play OO a little bit more. Oh, I like Capella. I like Capella's rim protection, and I like his rebounding. But he, if he's ineffective, and he's he's missing bunnies, Anyeko Kongu don't really miss no bunnies. He gonna get dunk. He gonna dunk, or he gonna get uh, get foul. Get foul. You're right. So and, you got yeah. And, and Giannis, I mean not Giannis, and Capella's. That's this is this is tough, man. You know, Nerlens wasn't. While he wasn't offensively that good in the first series, he was still just an irritant. And then you have to go play and be, and now you're dealing with Giannis. Like, mm. hey man, you, you you can be the unsung hero. That's why I'm not really harping on you. But you got to play OO a little bit more. The only thing about OO is against Giannis. Giannis has his number right now. Giannis, I mean, Giannis only has like two moves, right? Go downhill and either. Extend the arm and lay it up, or spin off you and lay it up or dunk. But you got to you got to kind of beat him to the spot. So and he doesn't have that defensive intuitive intuitiveness yet. 
But, uh, you know, like we said before, we're coming on back to Atlanta. Game three, Sunday. Hopefully we uh, we get I it together. I trust Nate. I trust Nate. I would assume the MLKs are back out. Um, uh, possibly, yeah. I, I, I would make that our home jersey, to be honest. Go ahead and just play it. At what point do we have to, like, is that like a permanent, like, throwback something? The jersey just means too much. And for y'all who don't know, there's a black and gold MLK jersey that I think we're, like, 13 and 2 in. Yep. Um, is basically, like, our lucky charm. And we don't need to let this go. <laughs> Keep it. Full Keep stop. It. There's no way, like, as long as I'm alive, there should be an MLK jersey. It should be this MLK jersey. We had the the ugly red and neon jerseys and all the rest God, of this. That shit lasted two weeks. Two years, man, I mean. <laughs> man, don't ever that jersey is atrocious. This MLK jersey and these black and the red, like even though they stole it from the College Park Skyhawks. Um, it's a good look. Yeah, it is what it is, man. They're all part of the same organization. Whatever. Yep. Um, so moving right along. We touched on John Collins earlier, man. We said he needs to get more touches. He has now, with his emphatic dunks, crazy oops, timely big shots in the corner, his energy, the world is taking notice. Aside from us being on the big stage, the world is seeing what we've been talking about for forever. We always say, and we end the podcast with pay John Collins. Is John Collins a max player to you, Norwood? And if not, what would you offer? Max, so like 120 probably. No, I mean, if you got to pay it, you probably got to pay it. I would see if we can get you around 110 and see if we can put us a team together. You know this is like, and it's unfortunate, John. You know they're going to pay Trey everything. Mm -hmm. But with that said, you do get to play with the point guard who does put the ball in the right spaces. And you guys, it's going to be tough to find chemistry with a guy like, uh, with another guy as good as what you have with Trey. Yeah, I mean, throwing it off the backboard in in the game, that's chemistry, right? You can't do that with anybody No, else. no, 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 not in the game. Throwing it off the backboard in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Milwaukee Bucks at their place. Is, is a different, <laughs> yes, and, and and probably the most important game of the franchise's history. You guys are playing playground ball, so yeah. Let's let's see if we can get you at like five years, one hundred and ten. Um, but you get like somebody's going to pay this guy. Yeah. There are too there are too many teams who need this type of guy, and there aren't but three or four of these guys in the league. And all the rest of them are on somebody's team getting paid somewhere between 100 to $120 million. And if yes. you don't, the Mavericks will, the Celtics will, the Heat will. And I don't – I believe that somehow the Golden State Warriors will find a way to if, if given the opportunity. Yeah, so, John, the thing about John is – and the knock that was always on him was the defense and he can't create his own shot. And now he's getting to the point where he's, he's playing defensively. He played in B, he played Tobias Harris. He's playing basically the three through the five. Um, Nate is putting him in the best positions 
to flourish defensively. And then offensively, he's extended his three-point range, and he's now adding the clutch factor of hitting in the corner, as well as he has added a couple post moves with the baby hook, um, as well as like the uh, turnaround, not turnaround, the face-up jump shot over you. So you can't really, he's, he's becoming tougher and tougher to defend. And if his growth is linear like that, then you got to go ahead and pay him. I don't know if I would pay him a max at 30 million a year, but I could definitely see 22, 20 to 22 million. I can see that easily. 20 to 25, really to keep 25 would keep him. The other part is he is a top level offensive rebounder. And Mm -hmm. What that means is as much as people are like, oh, well, Trey has to get him the ball. Well, Trey gets more shots because John Collins is a really good offensive rebounder. He's averaging four in this series already. He's so, averaging 11 rebounds in the series. 12. Yeah, so you're right, man. That's a good point. Like, yeah. It, you got to reward him. He's getting us more opportunities. And we ain't shooting great. So we need all the opportunities that we're like we can get. And if you don't pay this dude, then you will spend the rest of your career trying to replace that guy. We don't have that guy on the roster. You can't put on Yeka Kongwu at the four because him and Clint Capella are going to stand there and in the paint and be able to do nothing. Uh, Gallo mm-hmm. is just not going to be able to play an 82-game season, which they will be bringing back next season. Uh, so, yeah, you're – you don't have an answer unless maybe you can get Christian Wood, which I assume that the Houston Rockets. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> not I gonna happen. the Rockets are not letting that dude go. And I'm still not sure if Christian Wood is, number one, he hasn't been as consistent as John Collins. And I, I'm not sure if that's legit as it looks, even though he looks like 20 and 10 every night. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, 20 to 25, I think a five year. 110 to 125 million dollar contract would get him. I think that'll keep him. That also gives you a little bit more flexibility because you're going to have to pay Trey and then you're going to have to decide what you do with everybody else. So these are your two cornerstones. Go ahead and pay him. The third person that you got to lock down is Nate. Uh, a story came out that Nate was really unsure if he wanted to take that. He's unsure if he wants to take the job. Of course, you know, the stipulation of Nate becoming the interim head coach was that he will not discuss it until after the season is over. And the fact that we're playing in June really ends the discussion. So uh, what hurts is that Nate is unsure about it because he was, he was upset that he got fired in Indiana and, you know, he didn't really want to come here to be a, uh, uh, assistant coach. Yeah, he did that out of love for Lloyd. Yeah, he did that out of love for Lloyd. So, you know, we need to go ahead and not lock Nate down um, and, and try to convince him. I mean, of course, winning cures everything. So we got to keep winning to lock him down, man. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, shout out to betting on yourself. That's a big bet. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, hey, yeah, let's do this now. I'll wait. I won't even discuss it until it's over. Um, but I think he also knew what he had over there. Uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a little bit of playing possum. Like, hey, this team is, you know, they you coaching every day. You're like, well, that dude's pretty good. and That dude's pretty good. And he's pretty good. And, yeah, let's just talk at the end of the season. I think I might have something. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And uh, 
lastly, man, you, that news came out about the trade rules. For those that don't understand, that those that don't know, I won't say understand, those that don't know, the NBA has uh, revamped the offensive foul rule to include shooters that are trying to draw fouls. So basically, they're trying to take flopping out of the game. Uh, a quick brief, a quick summary of the trade rules are if the shooter launches or leans into the defender at an abnormal angle, i.e. if you pump fake and then jump into the defender, if the shooter kicks out their leg at an abnormal angle to cause contact, that's a foul. And if the offensive player abruptly veers out off the path sideways or backwards, which is trade one of Trey's bread and butter, get, get you on his hip, stop, jump backwards, you hit him. Uh, that will all result in offensive fouls. Do you think this is going to have uh, a big effect on Trey's game? One thing that I know, number one, about guys like that is there's going to be a way to beat the system. Mm-hmm. As a guy who likes to beat different systems, you just find a way to game plan around it. You change it, I'm going to change it. But I also want to shout out to the NBA for formulating rules around a team that has been widely unsuccessful for two years and then has had one year of success. So you target us. Little team that nobody cared about, nobody thought was good, and y'all make rules for our player. This is unfortunate, <laughs> um, but NBA, we see you. This is classless, and if you're going to talk about penalties, how about you start start calling Giannis on these 30 second free throws? Yeah, man. About Trey, like that's the part for me that's just it. It blows me. Is you pick and choose what rules you like and don't like. You clearly let Giannis take forever to shoot those free throws at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. why because he's an mvp yep yep but that's all right we're gonna get our respect we keep winning y'all gonna have to respect us. so no you uh, don't <laughs> don't respect us don't even game plan for us just go on home like ben simmons said you play the hawks tomorrow you good stay up all night playing xbox with your broke ass jumper <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen that's a good note to end our hawk segment on <laughs> let's get into some news around the league and this segment was brought to you by Pedialyte. <laughs> and we're back, ladies and gentlemen. As we get into some news around the league, first thing we're going to talk about is the Western Conference Finals update. Man, it seems like, uh, for those that don't know, first off, for those that don't know, it is now two to one. The Suns are up two to one. The Clippers had a chance to really be up two one if playoff P didn't turn into way off P and miss those last two free throws. And then they had this amazing, amazing play where they had to inbound the ball and score with like 0.9 seconds left or something like that. So, uh, Devin Booker's nose is mangled, uh, and Kawhi is out indefinitely. Norman, what's your thoughts on the Western Conference Finals so far? I just – the Clippers – Clippers just don't die. Every time you think it's over, they show up at the most inopportune time. I just knew that Chris Paul was finally going to get his shot at the finals, and Patrick Beverly broke Devin Booker's face. And that was kind of – and I think that he struggled in that, that next game because he's probably not used to playing in a mask. And, he called you know, Richard Hamilton for advice. Yeah, like 
that is not something that you just put on. You're like, okay, cool. Let's hoop. If you're not used to it and you're not, and I'm sure his, his airway is still blocked because his nose is mangled. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to re-break it on the way to LA to, to straighten it up. They had to re-break his nose. And they're going to have to break it again to fix it. Yep. Um, yeah, that, that's just unfortunate to have your nose broken twice in a couple of days. Uh, and to, places. Yes, and to wear that mask is, is really bad. Uh, I hope that they get it together. Uh, I'm over the Clippers. But they keep <laughs> fighting, and maybe Reggie Jackson is a legitimate basketball player that has just been hiding as a non-legitimate basketball player for the whole season. <laughs> I mean, Reggie Jackson playing like this, and I, I don't like to, to wail on black coaches, but Reggie Jackson playing like this is an indictment on Doc Rivers. And their collapse last season in the bubble, in the Western, what is it, Western Conference semifinals in round two, uh, Reggie Jackson played like two minutes. And they were up 3-0 and lost, you know, 4-3. Reggie Jackson was played two minutes, and now all of a sudden Ty Lue plays him, and he's looking like a world beater. So that boy went from Reggie Davis to Reggie Jackson. What? Oh, yeah. Somebody that doesn't play in the league to somebody that plays in the league. I was like, wait a minute. Shade at me again? I didn't do nothing this time. But, um, yeah, man, you called about it earlier, man. Beverly is being a pest. I mean, he's just playing good defense, and he's getting up under your skin. And he's that guy that plays too hard at the YMCA, plays defense hella hard at the YMCA. And you're like, what are you doing, bro? That's And it pisses you off. And that's what he's doing in the league. And he is. And he's hitting timely threes. He's not the greatest three-point shooter, but he keeps hitting these clutch threes at the end of the game. Uh, Paul George is carrying the team. Yes, he collapsed in game two, but he's playing very well. But I don't also want to just stay on the Clippers, man. The Suns are a very, very well-rounded team. And DeAndre Ayton is the biggest surprise. It's going back to that, was it, 2018 draft with Ayton was one. Trey was five, three, Luca was five, and then we swapped. That yep. draft is looking stronger and stronger every day, it looks, man. It looks like a really good draft. And in, in in the future, that that could be one of the better drafts of all time. Yeah, because you look they looking and the thing thing is they are they're all flourishing early. Right? I think Mikael Bridges was in that draft too. He might have been the year before. And I think they also kind of got I mean, minus Luca, they kind of got put, you know, Aiden got put with a guy like Booker, who's perfect. Mm-hmm. He's going he's gonna to be your volume shooter. You're going to be able to still stretch the floor because you can shoot, but you don't have to worry about being the man. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Trey and John Collins look like the next variation of, I can't see if it's Steve Nash and, and, and Amari Stoudemire or Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. But it's something like that. And then Luca is just good, and he needs a partner. He needs a dance partner, and his dance partner leg always be broke. So, <laughs> hey, Tim Hardaway and Jalen Brunson, what you got, Luca? Be safe. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it is what it is. It is what it is. So, man, this Western Conference Finals is 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 very entertaining. Game four is tonight, right? So, uh, if the Clippers win this, they've been down 0-2 in every series. And they ended up coming back and winning. So uh, if they win this game, the pressure is shifted back to Phoenix. And it'll be very, very interesting. I mean, you think Kawhi's really hurt, though? 
Like they said, it's just a spring. But I mean, he's not even looking like he's close to coming back. And man, that's all smoke and mirrors. They run the same operation as your Atlanta Hawks do when it comes to injury reports. Me not telling y'all nothing. Not <laughs> LA Confidential. <laughs> well, uh, moving forward, man, we normally try not to talk about free agency and offseason stuff until our team hits the offseason, right? But this is very interesting because we just beat the crap out of this team. And one of the reasons why we beat the crap out of this team is because of their point guard. The 76ers met with their their front office, met with Ben Simmons and his agent, and they released a statement and said that they're not pursuing any trades and they're going to keep Ben Simmons. And then later on, it came out that the Warriors – and the 70 have contacted the 76ers about a trade for Ben Simmons. Now, some backstory about that. I have said for a long time that the Warriors have the capital, draft capital, and have the money to make it work and players and assets to trade for Ben Simmons. And if you trade for Ben Simmons, you put him in the, in the Draymond Green role, and all of a sudden the Warriors are right back. And they have the seventh and 14th picks and the money and the overpaid players to trade to make his contract work. Do you believe the 76ers are going to keep Ben Simmons? And do you, or do you believe this Warriors uh, rumors that they're going to go get him? Let me cover all of this. Number one, the Sixers are lying. Just lying. (laughs) It's just that the asset is so now devalued that you can't, Trade it and, get, and you can't trade Ben Simmons to get much of anything right now. So, yeah, you're going to be like, nah, we'll fix it. No worries. Until you can drive the value of the asset back up and then you can move on. But mm-hmm. so that's to me, that's my I don't think that anybody in their right mind uh, thinks that they can bring Ben Simmons back for another season because you will have a mutiny. The fans, mm-hmm. the fans won't go for it. And. I don't think Embiid will go for it. And Doc Rivers, you you already look like you back on borrowed time. I don't think Doc, <laughs> Doc's career can handle it. So with all of those things, I think that is – I think everybody is just lying right now until they can come up with a game plan. And I think Ben knows that. As far as this, uh, the Warriors, in what world do Ben Simmons and Draymond Green get on the floor at the same time? So the thing about that trade is Draymond wouldn't be there. They would trade Draymond the picks for Ben Simmons because Draymond's contract is inflated too, right? Why, if you're the 76ers, do you want Draymond instead of Ben Simmons? It's another guy who cannot shoot. But he will try to shoot. That's the thing. Like Draymond will try to shoot. No, he won't. If you go back and watch them last games, he is literally looking – to find like he's wide open at the top of the key. And instead of shooting the shot, he's looking for Steph. And we also have like I'm a big Draymond fan. I think he's undervalued. I think that, you know, by his contract, he's not. He I'm talking about okay. He's he's overvalued, underappreciated. He does a lot of the small things, set screens plays great defense against guys who are a lot bigger than him, and he's a top-level passer. But realistically, he also is better in that system 
next to Steph and Clay. When you, if you were to send him to the 76ers, he is going to be who he really is, a slower version of Ben Simmons. And I can never figure out in a situation where I'm going to get a guy who's worse than what I'm trading for and has the same exact issues. Now, he does have a little bit more heart. I think that if you put him and Embiid on the same team, you definitely have uh, an intimidation factor slash just, you know, I don't know what it is. Just it's smoke. It's a problem. But I don't I don't see the value of going from bad to worse. Yeah. I I can see it happen. I think it's I think it would be a beneficial trade. Maybe you don't maybe it's a three team deal and you take Wiggins and send Draymond somewhere else. Um but who who else is that desperate? <laughs> like Draymond is getting Portland. paid Portland. For what? For Draymond for another non big who can't shoot? That's not what Dame needs. <laughs> let's, hey, let's, look, let's look at the Draymond Green contract here if if we got a second. Oh my goodness. Draymond Green. <laughs> four years, ninety-nine million six hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars. Left, or that's what his extension was for. No, no, that's the extension. But this is the thing. This is for this is year one. He's still he gets twenty four million next year, twenty five million the year after, twenty seven million the year after at thirty three years old, and you would think that he's probably already peaked. So this asset is oh, only peaked a long time ago. Exactly. So his cost is increasing. His skill level is quickly decreasing. Now I do think that he probably I think he has a better chance of learning how to shoot the Ben Simmons in the in the summer. Yep. He already so the thing about Draymond, I mean, he can shoot. The thing, so I'm not gonna say he's a better he's a better shooter than, than Ben, but that's everybody's a better shooter than Ben. But it's the willingness that he has to shoot. He will shoot the three if he's just wide open. Ben Simmons won't even won't even attempt anything. Like he won't attempt anything. At least Draymond will at least shoot the three when he's wide open. And and you know, the more that you talk about it. This is something that the Sixers should have, the Sixers should have fixed when he wouldn't shoot the three. That's it. That that there is indicative. I said of, they should have done this trade two years ago before they gave him the extension. I no, but that. what I'm saying is fixing Ben Simmons. Like if you won't shoot an open three, we why? And he refuses to. But we've seen him do it in practice. We've seen him do it in in college. He will. Like it's like. It's like a catcher when you get the yips and you can't throw back to the pitcher, so you always throw to first base. That's what he looks like. And at some point, you mm-hmm. got to look at the Sixers and wonder, like, what are you guys doing over there? Y'all broke Markel Fultz. <laughs> ben Simmons looks broken. Nerlens Noel, what? I don't know what that was. And then your best player, he's still kind of broken too. Like, he's never been healthy for for any entire season. They traded away Mikael Bridges too, and Jimmy Butler for Tobias. For Jimmy left, he didn't trade him. Jimmy left. Well, they but, didn't trade him, but they didn't make it hospitable for him to stay. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's our Ben Simmons deep dive. We ain't gonna go too much further into that. Hopefully, he learns how to shoot. Hopefully, he doesn't. I don't really give a crap. Moving on, uh, Rick Carlisle back to the Pacers. There's been a lot of movement around the last couple of days. Uh, 
there have been more black coaches hired. There was Jason Kidd to the Mavs. I'm Udoka, a.k.a. Nia Long's husband, to the Celtics. Jacques Vaughn has been rumored to go to the Pelicans. What I don't understand, what I'm happy about the black coaches being hired, and another one was Chauncey Billups to the Blazers. I'm really, really excited about the black coaches being hired, but for the life of me, I can't figure out why the Pacers went back to Rick Carlisle when they had Mark Jackson right there. Norwood, it seems like it lends credence to the Mark Jackson being blackballed, man. What's your thought on all these coaches, all these coaching hirings? At what point, whatever he did, what did he do that was so bad to never get another opportunity after creating one of possibly the best teams in NBA history? Like, you know, it, it sounds like a QAnon mystery about people eating babies and something like that. What what <laughs> what what did Mark Jackson do that was so bad that he's past the point of no return? But he is employable uh, to call all these games and do an excellent job. Mark Jackson is one of the best commentators you can listen to, and he is employable enough that he can work for the NBA. But he specifically cannot be a coach ever again. Somebody has to explain this to me and, and and please explain to me why Rick Carlisle gets a do-over. Like, w- what has he done to deserve a do-over? But you know what? Shout out to the Pacers. You have a history of doing stupid things, and this looks like another one. Um, you should have traded Miles Turner. Yeah. You fired our coach. You didn't, tra- Miles Turner. you didn't trade Miles Turner. And here you are running back with Rick Carlisle. I wish you nothing but pain and strife. You'd be blessed. <laughs> yep. Yep. But like I said before, we got some more black coaches and hopefully some more of them are on the way. Moving on, let's stick with the playoffs real quick. It's come out that this is the most viewed playoffs in history. Do you think that this is a signaling to the death of super teams? Because to me, the reason this is the most viewed playoffs in history is because it's so wide open. Nobody knows what's going to happen. What's your thoughts? Death of a super team? No, because I want a super team. As soon as if, if we can put one together, do it. We ain't, we never had a super team. <laughs> the team we got, people don't even believe in. We win games. They're like, nah, y'all just got lucky again, 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 again. again. <laughs> uh, that that just oh that frustrates me to know. <laughs> but I do. While I don't think that it'll be the death of the super team, I do mm-hmm. think that it's. Like we've been saying, it gives an opportunity for you to see guys who you've never seen play before. Yeah. Literally in the last week, the entire world has discovered the Atlanta Hawks. And Kevin Werder specifically. And yes, the internet has gone crazy about Kevin Herter over the last five to six days. Memes, jokes. It, it is nonstop. But maybe I'll probably say 50 or 60% of the reason we created this podcast is just because everybody else sounds like an idiot talking about the Atlanta Hawks yep. because you've never seen them play. And I, I give Skip his credit. He was like, well, I've never seen John Collins play. Um, he looks like he's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, we've never interviewed any players from the Hawks the entire season. Uh, yeah, like John Collins introduced himself to the TNT fan, like guys because nobody's ever spoken to the man before. And TNT is based in Atlanta. And he averaged 20 and 10. Like, (laughs) did you not? Like, how, 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 how? But this is an excellent opportunity 
for the sons to be seen. It's an excellent opportunity for us to be seen. It's an excellent opportunity for the Bucks to be seen and the Clippers get all the love, even though they live in the basement in LA. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Congrats, you guys being late uh, to homeroom and then coming in asking questions. You're the type of people <laughs> I hate. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know, it is what it is. I, I Like I said before, I'm happy that this is so wide open. This has been very, very intriguing to watch. Like, you really don't want to miss a team, miss a time, miss a game. I'm sorry. You really don't want to miss a game. And we're finally getting some respect. And and the Hawks are must-see TV. And people are finally realizing that they're must-see TV. We've got the other NBA players that are home on the couch, like except for LeBron. For some reason, LeBron hates the Hawks. He doesn't talk about it, but whatever. Uh, throwing That's stuff fine. off the backboard. Like, we throwing stuff off the backboard, and everybody's like, oh, my God. I'm like, yo, we've been doing this for two years. Like, what you mean? They actually showed, like, I think one of the first passes they had that Trey and John Collins had in summer league was off the backboard. And it was basically like, hey, this is how we started this. Um, yep. So it, it's frustrating. But I, I like that nobody knows that our team is good. And to all you suckers out here who say, hey, man, enjoy this season because it won't be this next season. Hey, we get more players back next year. And we're going to get <laughs> rid of some of the guys who are not as good. Yeah, man. So uh, moving on quickly. The USA basketball team has finalized its roster. You've got stars such as Kevin Durant, Dame Lillard, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Jeremy Grant, Devin Booker, and Kevin Love. I don't really have nothing to say about it. Kevin Love's old as shit. He doesn't deserve to be on that team. I think they should have put John Collins on there. What's your thoughts, man? How does Kevin Love play for the USA basketball team? He doesn't play for the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> you don't even play for your own team where they pay you an ungodly amount of money, but you're going to go play overseas, sir. No. <laughs> and if you're telling me that Trey and John Collins are not better than guys on that team, then I think that we should step outside and I should slap you in the face because <laughs> sound like a fool. Yep. It's no it's no world where Kevin Love is anywhere near John Collins. Not right now. Not right now. Not with John hitting threes. No way. You definitely got to give John that opportunity. But whatever. Again, we don't care about the NBA not giving us no respect. It is what it is. We'll see y'all game three. Uh with that being said, that's the end of our NBA segment, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into some football. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're here with our football segment. Uh, we're going to get into some Falcons news first. We really don't have that much to talk about again. It's, of course, it's the offseason, but we do have a few topics we want to cover. One being Kyle Pitts, who, you know, is our number four, number one draft pick, drafted him fourth overall, picked him over a quarterback, uh, attended tight end youth, put on by Travis Kelsey, where other young tight ends such as Mike Jacecki, uh, attended as well, who is a, uh, another up-and-coming tight end in the league. That is good. So, Norwood, 
What's your thoughts on Kyle Pitts attending tight end you? I'm happy. Learn from Travis Kelsey because that's going to be your role. I can't lie. I, I did get some video of this, and I kind of watched what they had. It looked like, you know, eventually it'll be something that'll be stolen by the quarterbacks. Uh, it kind of reminds me of back in the day. You remember when they used to have the quarterback club competition type of thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's what it looked like. And, yeah, if you can go to somebody and get some good game from the best guys in, you know, in the world at that position, I 100% support it. I think it'll be great for him. From what I've heard so far, Kyle Pitts seems to be everything that they thought he was. Yes, yeah, with none but good news. Which makes me feel better. Of course, we got to see him, you know, on the field produce. But I, I'm excited about this Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts duo. Um, yeah, I think this is this is exciting. Yep, it is. It is, man. I wish they would have taken Hayden Hurts with him because uh, Hayden Hurts is another guy that's got a lot of potential. But and, and if he can come into his own, because, you know, our coach, Arthur Smith, is really, really big on two tight ends. That's his thing on offense. Two tight ends, run the ball downhill, throw the ball down the field when you have a chance. So if Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts can turn into the dynamic duo and leave Calvin Ridley on the island, Calvin Ridley's going to burn any DB that guards him. So that, and, that, and, that's a lot of potential. Yeah, so for me, if we could, you know, and, and it's not going to be one-to-one comparison, but if we can get something that looks like Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski and then throw Calvin Ridley out there on the outside, now you may be cooking with some sort of gas here. Um, I know <laughs> I that people, like... <laughs> people, people hate the Aaron Hernandez reference, but when he was a good football, when he was playing football, he was a really good football player. Some say he was a killer. Um, the law said he was a killer. Uh, mentioning Aaron Hernandez in the NFL conversation is like mentioning R. Kelly in the conversation. You read my mind. (laughs) There's certain things you just cannot do anymore. If you go out and they play R. Kelly, I was out last weekend, they play R. Kelly, I stopped moving. I was like, oh, no, no. No, no, no. He's not about to catch me on camera. What you will not do is catch me enjoying music from a pedophile. (laughs) I don't support that. I don't support it at all. So, no, I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. And I was making loud, direct words at the DJ. Bro, you should probably stop playing this. This is not <laughs> cool. Aaron Hernandez is the same thing. Uh, but when he was playing, he was a really he was good, good football player. He was good, man. He was good. Well, we'll move on from that. So we'll stay here too long. Uh, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, we try to preview the, the Falcons schedule uh, going forward. And of course, in weeks, we previewed week six last week against the Jets. Week seven is a bye. Hey, so hey, now hey, we won't lose that game. Nope, we won't lose that game to the Jets. No, no, no. I'm talking fun. about we won't lose the bye week. Uh-huh. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Last time we had to buy somebody got hurt in practice. That's a loss. So, but moving on to week eight, we play at the Dolphins. (laughs) We play at the Dolphins. Um, Some of the key matchups are the Dolphins' great secondary against our offensive weapons, uh, the Dolphins' tight ends against our linebackers, which is the best part of our defense, and then the speed that they have 
with Jalen Waddell and Will Fuller against the Falcons secondary. This is Tua's sophomore season, so it's going to be Tua against Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan, of course, is going to be under immense pressure because it's obvious that they chose Matt Ryan over Julio Jones. So with that being said, man, how do you see this going? Give me your thoughts on this game. I don't think they picked Matt Ryan over Julio Jones. They just kicked one can down the road now, and they sold one right then. Eventually, Matt Ryan, I hate to tell you, bro, you out of there too. So you on borrow time, just like us playing against the Bucs. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. This is the realest podcast in the world. We can only <laughs> tell nothing but the truth, all the truth, all the time. I think we win this game. Until the Dolphins prove otherwise, I do not believe in them. If I don't see Dan Marino and Mark Duper walk through those those doors, I'm an unbeliever, non-believer, whatever you want to call it. I ain't signing up for it. Show me. Show me. Show me. Show me. So you're picking us to win is what you're saying. If we lose to the Dolphins, people are going to start looking at us crazy. It's certain – like. Like, that's the part. It's not that I think that our team is that good, but the teams that we play, we would have, we better beat, or it's going to be some more fired asses around there. So, y'all decide what you want to do. But if if you want to keep your job, you better beat the Jets. You better beat the Washington football team. You better beat the Dolphins. Yep. You better win the games you're supposed to win. Or or (laughs) we'll end up looking like the Pacers firing a coach every year. (laughs) <laughs> we never gonna let y'all live that down in indiana because we don't even like your state because you're also low-key racist as well so never ever letting you live that down <laughs> yeah. shout out to y'all sending us nate mcmillan fedex overnight y'all be safe <laughs> but getting back to football man i agree i think the falcons beat the dolphins i think it'll be a close game because it's going to be on the road but i think we're going to end up pulling it out and we'll win uh i don't know 17 13 so, I think it's a low-scoring game. So we will not be pulling a Nick Cannon. Uh, there's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to keep that. I'm going to leave that in. The, oh, that's a joke right there, too. I'm just going to leave that in the podcast, though. I'm not editing that out. If you know the joke, that means you're not offended by it. And if you're offended by it, you probably didn't catch the joke. So it is what it is. I don't think that that can be offensive. How is that offensive? The man is procreating and clearly trying to <laughs> build the world with little cannons. Uh, yeah so uh that's our falcons deep dive ladies and gentlemen we're going to move on to some nfl news Uh, a couple things that are on our minds uh darius geis the former running back from lsu who split time with uh leonard fournette has been reinstated do you think the falcons should sign him we currently have zero running backs you just answered the question <laughs> don't have any running backs like it's a room shot it's a running back room that's pretty awful mm-hmm. um, not that i'm a big fan of the falcons spending money on a running back because we all remember the last time we backed up the brinks truck we backed up uh Devontae freeman right on to the new york giants and probably out of the nfl here pretty soon that was so, so stupid that was so stupid but go ahead. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna live in the past. Boy, I'm gonna tell y'all this. This podcast almost took a turn for the worse. I, I'm, <laughs> we're now like on video, so I can see Reggie like 
thick when I bring up the name. <laughs> he kind of like he kind of like Voldemort. You don't even say his name. Yeah, man, Candyman, Candyman. Like ah, don't even go there. But uh, yeah, it's sensitive. sensitive. <laughs> but you're right. Wait, 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 wait. Let's look at these running backs here. We have Mike Davis. <laughs> who he's all right. He's a good yeah, compliment I, back. I don't know if he's a, a, a number one. Then we have Cordero Patterson, who's not a, a running back. He is he a is receiver. A, no, he's not. He's a special teams guy who then got converted to playing running back. Out of necessity. Yeah, like you don't go from special teams to receiver to running back. What What are you guys trying to do here? Um, and, and look, if you look at the depth chart, he's also our number three receiver. We are boo poo. What are we doing out here? <laughs> and then you got Kadri Allison, who was a really a fullback in a running back position. So, uh, yeah, you're right. You got it. I would sign Darius guys. He's going to come in a veterans minimum. Minimum. Uh, you sign him quietly because he did have a domestic uh, a domestic case that he got suspended for and then it was dropped so he's not eligible you sign him quietly and you see what he can do there's the he's gonna be cheap there's it is what it is this is what you do but um yeah man the next speaking of running backs uh a former running back uh who was a monster on the field brandon jacobs some say he tiptoed to be so big he's 6'4 260 pounds he should have ran through people, but he used to try to juke people because he said, I'm not the typical big running back, to his detriment, by the way. But his son, Braden, is in ninth grade. I just told you that Brandon Jacobs played his playing weight in the NFL was 6'4", 250 pounds. His son, who is 14 years old, is 6'4", 264 pounds. Not only does he have more than 10 division one uh uh offers he is already rated as one of the top offensive linemen in the country and he's a freshman he hasn't even played a down in high school ball but he actually practiced with the varsity team these guys man this second generation of of players look like beasts man you think he's going to be any good now he is Brandon Jacobs size, but he does not look like he has the same speed. But with but that said, line. yes. But with that said, I'm looking at him in this Kansas State uniform, and he looks like a Kansas State player today. And that's scary because that guy was in middle school last year. Um, you could put me in a Kansas State jersey right now, and I still don't think I would look like a Kansas State football player. So. Now, he hasn't even hit the weight room yet for real. Like he, you know, he he's just if you look at his body, if you look like when he's at I've looked at pictures of him at camp when he's at uh these football camps over the summer, he doesn't really have a lot, he's big and he has natural strength, but he's not like cut, he's not like chiseled. He he's not yeah. a he hasn't been in a weight training program. This is just all natural. But man, he's big, he's, but I gotta see that's a technique position, man. The offensive line. You, it's, yeah. it's cool. It helps to be a large guy, but you still got to be able to block. And blocking is not easy. If you've ever tried it, it is one of the most difficult and worst things that you can do. Yep. Yep. Well, hopefully he puts in the work and, and he works really, really hard and he becomes a really good player and he, he gets the opportunity to shine. Speaking of putting in work, 
one player that has some of the most unconventional training methods I have ever seen is your man, Jameis Winston, the W eater. You see this W right here? You see this W right here? We're going to eat these W's, baby. We're going to eat these W's, baby. I mean, he sounded like Forrest Gump, but we're not going to go there. Uh, Jameis, there are some recent videos that came out of Jameis <laughs> working out. <laughs> and it was so bad. Uh, do you think Jameis needs to sign a new trainer? I mean, he's very loyal. His trainer that he has, he's been working with him since he was in you know, high school. But it's clear that this dude has no clue what he's doing. Well, there are a few things. Number one, one of my old teammates and me, we always laugh at the Jameis workouts. Uh, shout out to my boy, Phil. It's the most unconventional, wildest foolishness I've ever seen. And you've been doing these workouts forever, and the results are not really there. But <laughs> they're burying the lead on this story. Why does anybody care about Jameis at all? James is getting paid. Let's let's look here. He is let's one, Taysom Hill. One million. I mean, one year, five million, five point five million. Now let's go over here to Taysom Hill and let's look at his contract. Fuck this house, by the way. Just want to throw I, that in there. I don't think that people know how much he's going to get paid. I recently spoke to a Saints fan and I educated them that Taysom is going to get a ton of money here pretty soon. Bitch, four years, $140 million for a can't throw the ball and has torn every ligament of his knee. Hold on, hold on. No, I ain't holding on for shit. Four years, $140 million? Four years, $140 million for a don't throw the ball? Y'all were at the wing tee when he's in the game. The wing tee was back in the 1900s. That's back in the 20th century. We are in the 21st century. Come on, bro. So, so this is where I said that they were burying the lead. Why are we talking about Jameis' workout? Jameis is not the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And if he is, there's somebody over there has got bricks for brains. Because you paid Taysom Hill four years, $140 million, which includes a $10 million signing bonus and $1.4 million guaranteed roster bonus. Like, Wow. So if he stays on the team, you pay him more money after yes. he signs to a hundred million dollar contract. Y'all are no, 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 not a hundred million dollar, hundred and forty million dollars. This is worse than Ben Simmons' contract. I, I can't for the life of me understand it, but I don't think that people know that Taysom Hill is going to get paid for it. Like, first of all, let's let's go ahead and break this down. Not the best quarterback on the roster, not the best running back on the roster. Not the best receiver on the roster, not the best special teams play on the roster. You could argue that the bitch ain't even a quarterback. I don't think that that's an argument. I don't think that he's ever played a full season at quarterback. And I don't ever know how, since high school. I, since I high school. I don't think I don't know how in the world you can justify paying him Ooh, forty me million dollars. You got me started. You'd have got me started. One hundred and forty million dollars. Hey, Terry Font. No, Terry Font. No, we brought you from the Saints. Hey, 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 hey! Don't do no stupid shit like this. Don't do no stupid shit like this no more. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is egregious, and I don't. I really just don't think that people know who Taysom Hill is, other than just a utility guy. They sure don't know he's getting paid one hundred and forty million dollars. One hundred and forty million dollars. This is another 
This is another case of white privilege. The man can't throw the ball. He can't throw the ball. And you literally are starting him over Jameis Winston. Jameis Win Jameis Winston. What's his last name? Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. I'm I'm upset. I'm upset. Sorry. Jameis Winston, who is a national championship winner, who is a number one draft pick who is a Heisman Trophy winner, and you paying Taysom Hill, who tore both his knees up twice, 144 minutes, and he played at BYU. They ain't been good since Steve Young. Hey, Reggie. Hey, Reggie. For Taysom Hill's entire career, he's thrown for 1,047 passing yards. 1,047. James had that probably in four games of his final season with the Bucs. See, 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 I was going to come up here and, and kill James Winston for his workout, but I ain't even going to do it because Taysom Hill is trash. He deserves to be a special teams player. He deserves to block on field goals. That's what he deserves to do. You ever been in a work meeting and somebody says something so stupid that you look around like, did y'all hear that? I had when I when you told me to look up the contract, I was like, nah, he didn't get paid a hundred million dollars. There's no way. A hundred million dollars? A hundred? He was getting paid more than Julio. Think about the guy who came into the office and said, Hey man, we should pay Taysom $140 million. I would have got that man fired. a promotion. I would have got fired that day because I would have called I, hey a hundred and forty million dollars for Taysom Hill. We're not even gonna stay on this topic because we are clearly were supposed to only do this for 10 minutes. For the timestamp, and we have spent seven minutes on the stupidity of the Aints. So moving forward, y'all gonna be trash, by the way. Moving forward, uh the NFL alternate helmets are back. I'm excited about that, man. The Hawks, I think the uh, Hawks, Lord Jesus, basketball's on my mind. The Falcons, the Falcons uh alternate jerseys are fire to me. The red helmets with the black jerseys or the red helmets with the white jerseys with the silver pants are fire. And I was upset when the NFL took those away. Because all the team's alternate helmets are hard. They are tough. So you think you think the Falcons are going to bring back the red helmets more often? I think you should change them. Absolutely. And shout out to the NFL for being light years behind the rest of the sports <laughs> world and deciding we should probably make our sport kind of interesting. If the guys score, let them celebrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if these people can put together – Dope-ass uniforms with alternate helmets. Well, it's probably going to sell more merch and probably a little, be a little bit more interesting. That's what it's about, is merch. The NFL blows my mind on how they purposely go out of their way to be awful. Like, just whatever it seems to be the right thing to do to engage more fans and make the sport more interesting, they try to find another way to do it, unless it involves rules that protect the quarterback and they are serious about that but outside of that not so much <laughs> not at all not at all so hey man let us enjoy the game and let the players enjoy playing the game this is another one of those kind of congrats i guess for doing something that you probably should have done 10 years ago yeah this is this is a participation trophy Th- thanks welcome for- Thanks for fixing the helmets. Thanks for letting guys wear whatever jersey number they want to. Thanks for letting us enjoy the game. Fuck y'all. Uh, in the last 
topic we got for the NFL. I kind of threw this in there. I don't really like reporting on it, but damn, dog. Like, hey, Frank Clark, what you got going on out there in L.A.? Getting on a routine traffic stop, they found a couple Uzis in your bag in your Lamborghini truck. Now, I will say, if you're driving a Lamborghini truck in L.A., it probably is, it would behoove you to carry some type of weapon to keep yourself safe. But to have an illegal weapon, bro, all the legal guns you can get, you only got the Uzi? Hey, man, this ain't Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto. What you thinking, dog? What you think? What you think of Frank Clark's mind? Uh, this is frustrating because from my <laughs> understanding, this is Frank Clark's third felony. Wow. Wow. Playing in the NFL. Like he didn't, <laughs> you just getting felonies and going to work every day. Every time I apply for a job, they ask, have you ever committed a felony? And most well, of the time his, I feel like defense, that disqualifies though. me from a job. If I had committed a felony. Well, in his defense, he committed the felony, two of them, before he got his contract extension. So if you give the man a contract extension after his felonies, why would he stop committing felonies? I'm still getting paid. Yeah, I mean, this is is unfortunate because you don't ever want to see people doing this type of stuff. It's just no reason for it. Yeah, man. No reason. Get yourself together, Frank. Yeah, like, why, like, come on, man. Why do you think that you need a Uzi in your Lambo like you are <laughs> you are falling into all the stereotypes that we try to fight every day and you are like you said riding around like this is Grand Theft Auto and you're CJ um come on man this, yeah man Get this is not even game. this ain't even like a you big dummy this is like somebody needs to pull you aside and be like what's going on in your life yep yep well Frank hopefully you get it together Hopefully you had a reason. Well, actually, I hope you didn't have a reason to be carrying an Uzi, to be honest. I think, uh, you know, get it together, Frank. Uh, Some other football news and college football. I wanted to ask you this question. We really don't have any news for college football. Of course, I keep up with recruiting more than you do because Georgia wins recruiting championships every year. And we keep fucking up the bag when it comes to actually winning championships. But the new laws with the uh, player uh, likeness and getting paid off your likeness and your jerseys and all of that. Do you think those new laws are going to affect recruiting going forward? Yeah. So if I'm trying to choose between Georgia and Florida and Georgia says, I'm going to take 70% of your, uh, of your income when it comes to your player likeness, because that's the law that Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, dumbass decided to sign into law and Florida says, I'm only going to take 20%. I'm obviously just going to go to Florida. I can make money there. I get the same exposure. I'm playing the same teams that Georgia's playing. Do you think this is going to have an effect on recruiting going forward in the powerhouses that be? Reggie, I want you to listen very closely. Mm-hmm. I don't care about this. I hope <laughs> I hope that Georgia never allows their players to get paid. And I hope Florida allows us to pay them with pensions, retirement, 401ks. Come on, baby. Come right on down to UF. We got a bag for you. Those those guys at UGA would never let you make any money off your name, image, and likeness. It's Florida. We allow everything here. Guns, swords, bath salts. Come on, baby. Stealing laptops, murder. I mean, everything goes. Beating up people. 
spitting at people. It, it just happens at Florida, and they get championships. So it happens. Yeah. Hey, man, we need to have a little bit of edge. But yeah, I'm not even, nope, 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 nope. I'm not even let's talk. That is our football segment, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into some baseball. And that segment was not brought to you by music from R. Kelly, and it was also not brought to you by national championships at the University of Georgia. You guys be safe. And full stop recording. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with our deep dive into the shallow end of the baseball world. Uh, here is our Braves deep dive. We suck. What you got, Norwood? Oh, we talking about baseball? Don't care. <laughs> we we we're in, a, we're, we're in a playoff <laughs> run right now. We we're are gonna, not. <laughs> and, and 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 I also gotta say this. Um. And this is not anywhere on the meeting. I'm a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. So I think yesterday I, I figured out that my teams have one ounce of juju and we can only dole it out to one team at a time. It Which was why the Hawks lost. Yeah. So the Hawks had to lose so that the Tampa Bay Lightning could go to the NHL uh, finals. Uh, and I figured out that we need the Braves to lose so that the Hawks can win. So Braves, you got a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, Let's man. See. We'll see you after All-Star, baby. I need you fools in the Braves to lose so that the Hawks can win. Stop taking all the juju, all right? Thank you. So, with that being said, the Hawks won. I mean, the Braves won the last game, but we're still behind in the standings. I think we're – I don't even think we made it to 500 yet. Hopefully, we can turn it around. Or, as we said last episode, Snicker, you're a fired ass. Uh, going forward – uh, there's some other news in baseball. The big hullabaloo in baseball is that uh, pitchers can no longer use substances to grip the ball. Most people know about pine tar. Other people have talked about uh, sunscreen and salt or whatever that they've used. They got something new called spider tack. Yeah, spider tack. All of these things that they've used. And Major League Baseball instituted a rule where if you think a pitcher – is using some type of substance to grip the ball, a.k.a. if you think he's kicking your ass, you can challenge and say, hey, you need to change. You need to uh, check that picture for foreign substances. Well, that sounds all well and good and making sure that the, the game stays clean and there's no cheating. But, of course, when there's a new rule, what did we say earlier with the trade rules? It's the same thing in Major League Baseball managers have figured out how to use it against them so when a pitcher is wheeling and dealing and he's doing well and he's in a groove like max scherzer who plays for the washington expos aka washington nationals aka montreal nationals aka we don't give a shit about that team joe girardi decided to who's a who's the manager for the reds decided to challenge uh that max scherzer was using a foreign substance to grip the baseball because he was wheeling and dealing out there and he did it for three straight innings and it ended up causing everybody it ended up causing a a, a ruckus where it almost started ended in a fight and it had happened in other games Norwood, what's your thoughts on this man do you think the managers are stepping over the line by using this as to get an advantage well 
This is so tough because, mm-hmm. first of all, Spider Tech, Spider Tech, excuse me, was never created to be used in baseball. Um, you ever seen any of the strongman competitions we used to watch about 10 years ago? Those yep. big boulders and like globe looking things that they would move, they would cover their hands in Spider Tech to move them. So some guys smart enough to figure out what they were using and basically start using it to manipulate baseballs. So number one, it's a foreign substance. It gives you a, it just gives you an advantage like PEDs or anything else. So back in the day when they used to use stick them uh, on football before they gave you these super tacky gloves. Uh, so you got to get it out of there because it's not, it's not a part of baseball. Now using foreign substances is a part of baseball, but baseball is a sport that's predicated on cheating uh, specifically <laughs> teams like the Boston Red Sox, or you may famously know the Houston Asterix. Um, <laughs> hey, hey speaking of the Houston Asterix, uh, Mattress Matt bet $3.35 million that they'll cheat again and win the World Series. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that, man? <laughs> so as you guys may or may not be able to tell, I detest the Houston Asterix because I actually supported them because I lived here. They won a championship. You know, I'm excited. You know, if my team can't win, then sure, I want to live in a city that's winning a championship. Mm-hmm. And Mattress Mac is the man. Anytime that there's a flood, anytime that there's a natural disaster, he actively goes out and helps people. So I, I love that he bets on his team every year. You know, when he wins, he gets a ton of money, which I that he reinvests into the community, which I think is excellent. But I just hate the asterisk. But I love this guy. This guy is he should be the governor of Texas instead of Abbott, just to be honest. <laughs> he does way he does he does way more for the state, does way more for the city. Greg Abbott. You're trash. Mattress Mac, you're the man. You just happen to unfortunately be a fan of the Houston Asterix, a cheating organization. Well, Stop beating I on wish, trash cans. I wish I had $3.35 million to throw away because they're not going to win the World Series. But anyway. Uh, Hold on. So, um, number one, that $3 million, if they win, turns into $20 million. And, Reggie, you are seated. Have you looked at your phone? Well, ladies and gentlemen, our best pitcher for the Braves. We're good. Hey, so nope. positive spin. The Hawks are winning game three because our pitcher for the Braves, our number one pitcher, who was literally a top three pitcher in the league when he was healthy, retore his Achilles. Walking into the clubhouse, y'all, not throwing, not batting, not working out. He walked into the clubhouse. That's a positive sign for the Hawks. I'm, I'm going to be positive. That's all I can be. Otherwise, I'm a crack. I don't know why people decide to whatever time we want on a podcast, the earth-shattering news wants to come out. But <laughs> here we are. Julio, we got, Julio got traded on air. Soroka yep. tears his ACL while we're doing, like, while we record. All right, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our deep dive into the kiddie pool. I have no enthusiasm. I really don't care. That is a sign that we got to get out of baseball. Not now, but right Right now. (laughs) And so let's get into some news around the culture. We're going to talk about our favorite segment, HBCU News. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with our favorite segment of the podcast, HBCU Culture. We're going to talk about Alabama State forming the first ever Athletics Hall of Fame, as well as some Olympic athletes and some other news. But first, let's get into Michael Jordan and his Jumpman uh, company donating over a million dollars to Morehouse to enhance journalism and sports-related studies. Uh, It's been a hot topic that they're is a need for more black journalists, shout out to Justin Tinsley, uh, to cover uh, sports from a manner that relates to not only HBCUs, but to also black culture in general. So I think it's a big deal that Michael Jordan is donating to Morehouse, man. What you think? I think this, I don't know what switches kicked in for Mike now that he's become such a philanthropist, but I think it's excellent. Yep. It's, it is everything that we need. Also, you got to give a shout out to Spike Lee for being the guy who launched, you know, the whole program by giving a donation. So shout out to our greats for, in fact, being great, not only in their own right, in their own field, but giving back to things that really matter. We need more of this. It's great. We got to keep supporting ourselves. And, and yeah, if we can buy $400 shoes from you, Thank you for returning for investing some of the money back to the community that supports you. That's dope. One hundred percent. And I also really like that this is just adding to the movement of investing in our own. Um, it has really uh, taken off in the last few years um, after it's gone kind of dormant of investing in our own schools and our own community. Uh, so shout out to Mike, shout out to Spike, and hopefully it just keeps going. Um, speaking of our own community, as you know, the Olympics are in Tokyo, and we've had a few HBCU alum actually qualify for the Olympics. The North Carolina A&T 4x4 track team, national championship winning team, is going. Uh, also. There's also Randolph Ross Jr. from A&T, Trevor Stewart from A&T, Daniel Stokes and Akeem Surley from A&T, as well as Cambria Sturgis, who's going to compete in the 100 and 200 meters going. And then you also have Livingstone College with Miss Hayes, who's running the 400 meters. Man, you think uh, you think some more HBCU uh, alum will qualify for the Olympics going forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Just like like we say every time. Just more opportunities. Just give us a shot. Put us in the room. If you win, you win. But I don't think that you put us in the room because you don't think that you'll win. I'm going to leave it at that. Let's get to this girl, this prodigy who's riding horses and doing dope-ass shit. Uh, Before we get to the riding horses and doing dope-ass shit, we want to give a shout-out to HBCU grad Maya Shaka, who is graduated from Norfolk State, that school across the bridge. Um, she's the first black female NFL referee. So I'd be remiss if we didn't mention her as well. Shout out to her. Shout out to my co-host reading my mind. I knew I forgot something. That was it. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to her. And then shout out to Alabama State. 
for joining the rest of the schools and forming a first ever athletics hall of fame for their school. So shout out to Alabama state. Their first class is scheduled to be inducted in 2022. And then finally as well, shout out to Delaware state for signing Stan Waterman as their new basketball coach. A lot of news going on at HBCU uh, culture and hopefully we could cover it all. And finally, Remember, homecoming season is right around the corner. Make On your plans. way, baby. On the way. Make your plans. And with that being said, let's get into some trending topics. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with our final segment of the podcast, Trending Topics. We want to talk about the Olympics as well as uh, we have a child prodigy in the rodeo. Starting off, let's start off with the rodeo, Norwood. Tell me more about Courtney Solomon. Okay, so this is 11-year-old cowgirl, Courtney Solomon. She competes in her first uh, televised black rodeo. She is 11 years old, and she is a professional rodeo I don't even know what you call a rodeo-er, but she is kicking (laughs) ass at it, and she is 11 years old, and 11 years old, I could not do anything close to this. This is amazing. You know, we support more Black baseball, but this is something that we're traditionally not introduced to, not something that we get an opportunity to really get a chance to participate in, and for her to be 11 years old and to already be a professional this is exciting. This is also, I just found out, in a suburb outside of Houston. So hopefully if she goes somewhere close, I will go out and support. We have Splash to cast will be there, baby. Man, we, whatever we got to do to support stuff like this, we have to find a way. This is beautiful. This is amazing. How do you feel about it? Well, I think it's cool because not only is she an 11-year-old prodigy, but she's also like a fourth-generation rodeo, right? So her dad or granddad got her into it. Her mom does it. Her sister does it. So her dad was the one that uh, I, I don't know that the technical terms for it, the correct term, but he was the one that when they released the calf into the into the arena and then you got to get to it and tie it up. He was a wrangler. That's what it was. Yeah. Called. He was a wrangler. So he used to uh, wrangle calves and she took a liking to it. And the fact that she's the only female, not just black female, she's the only female competing and she's winning is 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 a big deal so uh again blacks and african-americans and females succeeding where traditionally thought that they wouldn't i'm always here for it i'm always here for it so keep being great courtney keep being great uh speaking of uh african-americans and and black people or darker people around the world succeeding where they're not supposed to the Tokyo Olympics look like it's going to be a dark, dark place in terms of the United States. Uh, I have seen more African-Americans that will be represented in the United States than I've ever seen before. And in, in events that I have not even really paid attention to, like the shot put, uh, like, uh, of course, gymnastics. We've kind of started to dominate gymnastics, but swimming, track track and field we're gonna we're everywhere 
man, I'm excited about the Tokyo Olympics, man. Tell me about it. This this is just more of us doing what you know. Just give give like once again. I know people probably hear it all the time. Give us an opportunity, but as we get more opportunities in these things that we are traditionally not afforded, we're going to come into that space. We're going to dominate, just yep. like playing quarterback, just like being an NBA coach. Give us a shot. We flourish every time, baby. But I do understand you not giving us a shot. You're nervous. You're scared. I get it. You're getting shown up, getting shown out. It is what it is, baby. We winning. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of episode 12 of the Splash Cast. Wait, hold on. Before we end, I also want to take a little bit of time. We have a momentous occasion coming up a little bit later today. Um, This is the Battle of Shad Moss. (laughs) Big Draco. Uh, and if you're at this point in the splash cast, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. I hope that I can be somewhere so I can watch Soldier Boy, Monkey Stump, Lil Bow Wow, and and I'm just talking about the number one. Shout out to Soldier Boy's verbal assault of Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> he said, "You know we can't show you movies at the verses, right?" <laughs> See, he was in Like Mike, uh, Space Jam. I can't remember what movie he was in. And then I went out last night and they played Bow Wow's music. And I was like, wow, Bow Wow hasn't had music since he was with Sierra. And that, that's after Future and that's after Russell Wilson and their beautiful family. So <laughs> I don't well, know. I don't know who advised Lil Bow Wow to do this, but talk about poor life decisions just ranks up there pretty high. Uh and I'm taking I'm taking Draco in four. Big Draco in four. I don't really care. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to lie to you. So I don't have anything to say. This is, this is the momentous occasion in the culture. It only made sense for the Splash Cash, the realest podcast in the world, to bring you the culture. Yep. All right, Norwood. Well, if you don't got anything else. And I don't. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Send us out. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, you could have been anywhere else in the world. You came and kicked it with me and Reggie, the Splash Cast. Once again, more than ever, more black baseball, more black cowboys and cowgirls. And you already know, pay John Collins. Pay John Collins. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hang out. Hang out. I'm going to be honest before honest. Listen, you can walk on mix, baby. You can walk on mix. You can walk on mix, baby. You can walk on mix now. You can walk on mix, baby. You can walk on mix now. You can walk on mix, baby. You can walk on mix now. You can walk on mix. 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 Welcome me. You think I'm not grand wishes, you think I'm not hungry yet.